0: Um, This week's episode of Free Basketball is brought to you by sandals. Not the resort, just the shoe. Take it away, Ryan.
1: Welcome, everyone, to a... Another new episode of Free Basketball. In this episode, we're going to actually talk about basketball again. Woohoo! And it's going to be a little different from the past. It's not going to be three of us. Cody couldn't make it, so it's just going to be me and Mr. Daniel Greer. So I'll bring him on now. How are you, sir?
0: Good. Uh, I was actually talking to my mixologist friend, and uh, they decided <laughs> that Cody just couldn't come tonight. So it was the mixol- <laughs> mixologist... Anonymous,
1: is <laughs> that a is that an app? That's a it's is a group. Like a, oh, okay, they
0: took him out. He's done. He never. He <laughs> might not come back. People. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now Cuddy had work. Uh, we'll let him announce. He's got news about work, so I'll let him announce that. And next time he's on, so we'll miss him tonight. But tonight we are going to uh, talk about a little NBA and dealings with the actual update on where we are in the season, and what is gonna happen, because Adam Silver had a meeting on Friday, so there's been a lot of speculation over the weekend, so we're gonna talk about that, how that might affect the salary cap going forward, and the final thing we'll talk about is, this has been out for a few weeks, almost a month now, probably, But it was Jalen Green, the number one high school prospect, picking the G League. And subsequent players have started to pick the new G Leagues uh, league that they're setting up, developmental program. So we're going to talk about that too how it might affect the NBA and the NCAA. So we'll talk about those things coming back from the break. All right, first things first, Danny. I want an, a, a Wayfair update. Are you currently <laughs> sitting on the ground on carpet, or did you actually receive pieces of furniture made out of wood that you can sit on and relax?
0: So, um, I did speak with them. Uh, they gave me 22% back.
1: That's all right. Not you know. It's great. It's fine. That's enough. For, I'll cover tax. Yeah. Delivery fees. Yeah.
0: Whatever. That's fine. Um. And the lady. The only reason I was okay with that was the lady was very nice, very helpful, very understanding. Um. Just got another update today. Uh. It will not be here no earlier than June twelfth.
1: <laughs> so you still don't have it?
0: No. <laughs> it's not even close. It's not even a warehouse. I'm not getting it anytime soon.
1: So where is it?
0: California? Did they tell you? I don't know. They might be making it right now. <laughs> I couldn't tell you.
1: I was really excited from the way you started. I thought you were going to say you got this luxurious, nice, you know, no. chase lounge, uh, you know, no. great sofa chair. Nope. You're still on plastic and metal chairs. Yep. Yep. So. Till June. Yep. and
0: Yeah. It, it's. It's my life. Uh, I'm okay with it right now. But uh, we're getting more work done at the house, which is really cool. About to go through some renovations. So, hindsight, after speaking with the uh, the valet, uh, she said that it was probably a good thing this happened because we don't have to cover the couches. We don't have to wor- worry about them getting dirty. We're knocking down a wall in the kitchen right next to the living room. Uh, so maybe this is gonna glass half full, gonna work out, and we're not gonna get dirty. Couches out of this. So um, we just need them to actually show up in June. That'd be cool.
1: Yeah, she is a good salesman to do that to make you think that she's doing you a favor by not giving it to you for three months. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But moving on, speaking about June, let's talk about what's going on with the NBA and the possible return to play. Uh, Like I said before we started the episode, that Adam Silver did have a teleconference zoom meeting probably like we're doing here (laughs) and with uh i guess high executives owners uh nba obviously the nba teams franchises and they talked about pushing the date back even more to terminating the cba Mm. Uh, which basically if you kind of you know Woj dropped all those tweets and no one had no idea what it meant by that so in kind of layman's terms is they really want more time to figure it out uh, because they don't want – the big thing with the CBA is it really figures out the cap for next season. Mm. And so, like we'll talk about here in a minute, I don't want to step onto that on that too much, is that we know that it's going to be stepped on a little bit. We just don't know the extent of what that stepping on will be. So they're trying to give themselves more time because even though – state guidelines are kind of relaxing a little bit on going back to work and things reopening. The NBA has still been pretty rigid in their stance Mm. that they want to be very, very protective and safe and eliminate as much risk as they can in this situation. So it seems like with this, they are still going to try to resume some sort of regular season games. Um, Wow. I, what is your feeling towards that? When they say that they're going to extend the CBA, does it still make you? Does it still encourage you that the NBA is going to come back this year, I, in some form or the other?
0: Yeah. So I, I think that you're seeing um, baseball take a stance that they're planning on coming back, and I think it is July they're saying. Um, there's a I, there's a lot of good that's happening, and I think we're heading toward the right direction. It's just if we have some kind of setback or we see a big Surge and whatever is going on uh, in the world uh, that obviously could could hinder an NBA season or really any season, whether it's football or baseball. Uh, but I think that there's a chance that they have an end to this season, and I think the good thing is is because they're actually going to possibly take a a good turn a bad thing into a good thing was starting the season on a normal basis, starting around uh, Christmas uh, on a normal basis. So um, I think that because they have that there and they have that potential of actually redesigning the entire schedule and the landscape of how the NBA runs. I think that this this actually could go and them have a end to this NBA season, but I don't know if they have regular season games. I don't, I don't know how you, I don't know how you could do that. Like, there's way too many games left, and if, no matter how you do it, somebody's going to scream it's unfair. So I don't know. I don't know how you even try to do regular season games.
1: Yeah, it does feel like there's a very different paths that the NBA and Silver could choose to go down. Right. Right. And there's going to be detractors and people that are angry or say it's unfair down each path because right. you do have that path where, look, you didn't make the playoffs. We can't make these. Couple games for you to make a quote-unquote imaginary push, like you're like anybody outside the eight seed, especially if the Grizzlies was going to beat them anyways. Right. And then you've got the people who, if they decide to do, because they're entertaining it, it seems like it's been an entertain the whole time behind closed doors about this play-in tournament for the final seed. That's unfair to the Grizzlies. Yeah. And then you also got this. Well, with the regional sports networks the NBA can recoup some money because they have a deal with the regional sports networks. If they play 70 games in a lot of those networks, the NBA gets to keep 100% of the revenue. So they wouldn't wow. have to pay anything back. And the last I checked, when we ended, most teams were at 62 to 65-ish games. Yeah. yeah. So you're talking at least eight games yeah. total to get to that 70 for all those regional sports networks. Uh, So I I don't know what they're doing with that. There's just, there's someone that's always going to be upset about it. And that's kind of the issue that's been with me is that Silver really has had kind of like a golden era to start his tenure as, you know, over the NBA, yeah, there's nothing really that's been super rocky for him that he hasn't been able to handle or people have criticized him for. I mean, obviously, he got criticized for China. Mm. That happened, you know, right before this season. Yeah. <laughs> but that died and went away pretty quickly. Well, this thing's not going to just go away. No. <laughs> so it, his stance has been kind of like he's been hiding again, like with the China situation. And it's getting to the point where... They need to just put their foot down and say, this is what we're doing. Here's the timeline. Yeah. Because they already moved the draft lottery back, which annoyed me because it felt like, you know, the NFL draft was humongous. Yeah. You know, when
0: you had left it there, but they would have had to make a decision on the season. And I think they're so scared to do that. I I don't understand why they just eventually say, you know, for these circumstances – you know we're going to have to shorten the season and and go into the playoffs as is. Uh, these players, that they, uh, if they're locked in and uh, sequestered for however long it would be, uh, let's say it's a month or two, they would have to be away from family or have their family there the whole time. But then you start running the risk of every family of every player being there, and uh, that's a long time being. Either sequestered by yourself or sequestered with your family, only getting out to go play basketball. Um, I, I don't think this is the life that they want. And I think when you can, if you have to do this, I think you have to do it with as as less of teams as possible. So having uh, any more than sixteen would would it just sounds crazy to me.
1: Yeah, that's what's that's what's nuts about it to me is that obviously it's going to have to be a bubble situation. The timeline that potentially it could be where they're away from family, they stay in, you know, the most popular is Vegas because the hotels and Disney World has emerged as a real candidate because of the hotels and just the bubble, like you said, they can keep them in. The timeline for that is like three to four months. If they do, you know, five or six regular season games, they keep seven game series for the first round. Like, to me, it's, it's to the point where Silver... And the NBA, you know, the top NBA guys, they have kind of always, what's the right word I'm looking for, position themselves as like the most progressive league, sports right. league. Right. And so they're very, very conscious of social media, mm-hmm. the social impact, the PR of all that. Just yeah. look at China, how quickly that went away because they decided to say absolutely nothing because they didn't want to yeah. get ridiculed for that. And it went away. So it seems like to me they've put themselves in a very hard position because NFL, NFL, like if NFL was like the NBA, you know Colin Kaepernick would be playing in the NFL right now. <laughs> like the, <laughs> the NFL, so. the NFL does not care. <laughs> the in, football is just a machine that keeps spitting out money. So I don't yeah. care how mad you get about Kaepernick not playing in the NFL. It's a whole different situation. But that money train keeps rolling. Yeah. The NBA is not like that. They have positioned themselves as this forward-thinking league. So they've kind of paralyzed themselves with PR fear. I feel like they're afraid of being the first league to come back
0: Yeah, and something
1: yep. happening yep. and then getting absolutely railed critically by people. Yeah, but are um, we
0: not t- near the point? Um, it's almost like the classic long-term uh, relationship uh, where it's the classic phrase of Shit, or get off the pot. Like, right. come on. <laughs> <laughs> like let's go let's let's make a decision let's have a plan uh you know you know proposed to me already uh let you know i think there needs to be something and i think we need to head toward um a decision that needs to be made and as of right now i, I feel like they're not they're the ones that's probably a saying the least and their season is the one that's in the middle of right now baseball obviously took a stance and they're saying july um, that's their plan is to start then. Why can't basketball say, all right, you know, if we can't make it, um, if we can't get back into gyms before June, there's no way we're going to have a regular season. That would put us to July, and then we would have to, at that point, make a decision, will we have to limit um, the playoff teams and or limit the series? At that point, at least then we know, hey, let's go ahead and move forward with the NBA draft because at that point, there's no, there's no changing that. There's no, you know, go ahead and do the lottery. You already have that. You can start, you can keep, maybe keep um, the conversation in positive, such as PR. And so they can keep spinning it that they're still doing something, but we can't make a decision on the season until this goes away. So why not that, that maybe their PR team just sucks. And they just learned that, Hey, if we just stay quiet, nobody knows we'll suck.
1: Well, it's been two months. Like we were at two months of absolutely nothing. The only sure statement that we have had from the league is that players can start going back to workout facilities. And that was last Friday. Yeah. So that was like two days ago. So before that, we have nothing. We have had nothing concrete, only speculation. It is to the point. This is kind of a pivotal moment, I think, for Silver is that he, if he wants to keep this kind of sterling reputation, yeah, he's going to get beat up for whatever decision he makes, but at least it will be a concrete decision that people can plan towards, not, well, we're kind of waiting to see what this happens with this, then we can do this. Well, if that happens, then we can do this. There's just too many roads to go down. I think they're just paralyzed with PR fear. They just need to pick one and go with it. So the only thing that makes sense to me now is you have just the bubble, but it's the 16 teams that are in the playoffs. First two rounds are shortened. First round mm-hmm. can be three games if you need it to be. I agree. You could do five games for both series. It could be three games, five games, seven, seven. That's what yeah. it could be. I have a feeling it would. they're trying to keep it seven, sevens all the way, which is stupid. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Because these players, the overriding sentiment from all this is, is it even worth it? Like, exactly. do teams Now, the, obviously someone like LeBron James, who absolutely runs the NBA, runs ESPN, <laughs> yeah, whatever he worth says it goes, <laughs> it's worth it to LeBron, right. who can do that and he doesn't care. But to the other guys, like, for example, if they try to play regular season games – and there is no like play in tournament like they've been talked about, what incentive does you know, the Atlanta Hawks have in playing yeah, exactly. Trey Young for the final right. five games of that season? What's the point? Yeah. So you risk injury for a guy, you have no chance of making the playoffs, you're playing five more yeah. games, who cares? Like will the yeah, want well, reason, reason do those that? teams Yeah,
0: there's what's the reason those teams even want to play? Like, be, to get revenue? Uh, I don't, I don't know because you're not getting, you're not getting ticket revenue right? is it because like, Hey, if we, if we agree to play these games, we'll get money back due to these uh, contracts. So, um, I have a question though. What is the latest date that you finally see the NBA have to make a decision that they're going to cancel the season? So is that August 1st, if they, if they can't play by August 1st, do they say, you know what, let's fold? Or is it later than that? Like, at some point, you're going to screw up the next season 100%.
1: Well, sure. I think so, it's already in the bag that they are going to push the start of the season to December anyways.
0: Right. So if you have that, okay, let's say they start December day or, or December, uh, Christmas day. So it's end of December, practically in the next year. But if you're starting then... At what point do you have to almost stop one and to be able to get ready to start the other? Because they're not doing the draft. Right. They're not doing any of the other stuff to maybe go ahead and ex- expedite the process to get the next season started. Because at that point, you have free agency. You have you know your players, you're drafting, like all that stuff. And you can't do any of that right now. As of right now, they're not making a decision to do any of that. So at what point do they say, hey, as of August 1st, we haven't played any games. We know it's going to be practically impossible to even start or finish this season uh, because if we try to do anything, it's not going to be fair. Uh, Some players are already against it. Let's go ahead and just write this season off and start the next one uh, Christmas day.
1: To me, I don't think the, how far apart this next season and then this playoff scene start really matters because the more I think about it, say if, Example, NBA is still PR paralysis and yeah. they wait to see how baseball goes. And if okay. baseball starting in July, two weeks in, had no problems, they've had ample testing. That's another avenue I to talk about here in a second is testing. But, okay. and it goes okay. So then they feel comfortable with, okay, we'll start our, they decide to just do tournament, truncated tournament. You know, fewer games. That seems the only logical thing. We're just going to go with logic here. Who knows what yeah. that will be? Because money, <laughs> money trumps logic. We know that. Yeah. But say they start in August, you're looking at what September, mid October that it's done, maybe. Right. Right. I think NBA players can start the following month again, and the reason that is is because if they don't start again in August, they haven't played from Mar- since March. They've had five. They've had five months off. That's more than a normal off season. Usually, only get three months. They've got five.
0: But what about the money? That's that's the other thing. Is so these players, these contracts end at a certain point. Right. When do they they if they're free agent? Which you know I'm not talking about people that are under contract. Their their money would obviously kick in if that it's in the agreements. But at what point does their money stop? And start on another franchise because you can't just keep paying them the same amount of money. It's not like you know your contract just was at a five million dollar contract, and yeah, we just paid you that last part of five, but we haven't played a game, so we're going to keep paying you.
1: Right. Yeah. They, so they're yeah.
0: I, so then where they're realistically furloughed, you know, in a sense. Right. Until the next season starts.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. See, I. That's where I think the NBA could really be interesting. Is that you just have like a three-week, like they just keep, you know, you've gotten – they've already had to pay back a percentage of their salaries already, and especially for the free agents, especially unrestricted free agents coming up. Like they're still getting paid all the way through, and if they're a playoff team, okay, they'll get their pay back going. If they're not in the playoffs, you know, they're still given. That's the unfair part about it. But then you could have like two or three weeks – of a free agency that's just like a feeding frenzy. <laughs> <laughs> it would be amazing,
0: but at <laughs> some point there needs to be something that happens. Uh, and nothing is not the answer.
1: Right. That's the problem so. is there is nothing to go on. We have no idea. Right. Uh, and that's, that's what really is bothering me about it is because we need something. <laughs> like we need some sort of concrete yeah. thing. To me, it's, Cody's going to be excited, but if he listens to this, I have always felt their comeback no matter what. If LeBron wants it, it's going to happen. The top mm. teams that know they're legit title contenders Clippers, Celtics, 76ers, who think they are, the Bucks think they are. <laughs> um, you know, Jazz was even thinking they were going to make a run. The Rockets are built for this year. Right. Those teams are going to want it. And well, I yeah. don't think the NBA is ultimately going to say no to that. But if we don't, I think it's mid June really for me. Is if we. When they start? If, if we haven't heard anything. If we oh, don't hear oh. anything concrete by June or mid June about what is going to happen, here's the plan, this is the format we're going with, sorry. I don't think the NBA plays again this year.
0: All right. Well, answer this. Sure. It's either one or the other. Which happens first? I get my furniture or the NBA <laughs> sets a timeline? <laughs>
1: uh, you, you're you a wild card because you've already been pushed off two months. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to go with you. I'm going to say you get your furniture first. Just based wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, that's faith in my furniture, but I think it's, uh, that means that's another month at least. Radio <laughs> silence from the NBA. <laughs> and that is probably the worst PR you can give.
1: So going back to the actual bubble situation, because I did want to talk about testing. But, um, Woj said that the NBA has already figured out a number of tests they will need to, for the bubble thing. Everyone be tested daily. That includes staff, uh, hotel people, food service people. Uh, you know, I, I don't think they would let any family come, but just in case, uh, yeah. family. And they put it right at – Woj said that the NBA's conservative number is at 15,000 tests needed mm. to resume it in this bubble style. Uh, so obviously if they come back sooner with regular season games, that, that number – would in, would exponentially have to grow, right. uh, But testing is an issue because there still is a sentiment, you know. I'd, I'm not going to get into much political stuff, really, but there's still a sentiment that there is still a lack of quantity of testing out there. So yeah. another PR issue for the NBA is we do not want to take tests away from average American citizens. Right. So to play a game. Yeah. I mean, that seems like a pretty simple solution to me is you just find a private company you yeah. you know you spend you know 400 percent markup price that this company's going to charge you for it you know yeah. to get these tests the other issue with testing is how long it takes you know most right. tests take a couple hours there's been talks in the past about tests that will tell you in 10 to 15 minutes haven't heard much of that since then no but uh-uh. it seems like the standard is the kind of nose swab note and throw, swab, and that the results come back in hours. So yep. I don't know how you structure an NBA player's day based around that. You get tested at 7 a.m. You kind of sit around and you find out at 3, all right, you're good. You can play tonight at 7. Yep. Like, how does that work? Um, well, and the the way up, I, sure. yeah, sure. the
0: way I've seen that it, it can work is realistically you drive up and they test you in the car and you literally are in your car in this area until you're released and clear and at that point, uh, such as a parking lot, you're sitting in that parking lot the whole time. And as soon as you're released, you're allowed to go into the safe Haven, we'll call it, uh, that is Disney world. And so that's, that's what sitting, sitting in your car for a few hours. It's not the worst thing in the world, but I think that's what you really would have to do is just to bring these guys in, you know, you know, one person in a car at a time you know you can't really have multiple people so um, i know there's five hotels on disney world's property that they can shut the gates to that you can only get to so i know they can i know disney would be probably the easiest um because it's all they're all relatively close uh down there to the facilities and so i think it would be very easy to do that and i just don't know if these guys want to be uh sequestered in their bubble for a month or two
1: that's the thing, is that if it's going to happen, you're going to be inconvenienced as an NBA player. 100%. Like, you're going to be inconvenienced, but that's yeah. just kind of the price that you're having to live with now. And yeah. for and someone what, for someone with LeBron who's age 35, you know, towards the end of his career versus Ja Morant who's 20, right. you know, Jaron Jackson, 21 or whatever, Yeah, like, is that – like, LeBron will put up with it because he's at the end. Someone who's right. brand new like this – like really, do I have to do this to play? Like
0: Spencer Dinwiddie came off. I think <laughs> yeah. he, was, uh, he was he was having a, a good beverage or a few <laughs> he, I think it was
1: wine. I think he was sitting on <laughs> yeah. that franzia slapping the bag.
0: <laughs> he was. <laughs> and he came out and straight up said that he thought this was stupid to, to play. Uh, so I won't get too much in detail on that. But, yeah, he, there's some players that think this is dumb to try to take a chance. And, to, and his big thing, I think – was the uh, being sequestered for a, a couple months potentially, and I, I don't think these guys understand. Like when you're sequestered, you're with your boys. Like so, it's kind of like when you're going off on a guys trip, you're just spending a lot of time with your guys. And so yeah, yeah, I don't. This isn't the worst. You know that we're talking about worst things in life to be then to be sequestered with your entire team and having a lot of good time. Maybe that's uh. There's other things that he's just not enjoying. Is the Brooklyn Nets and how many st- snakes are on that actual team, so maybe that speaks to more of uh, what's going on with the Nets, uh, but I don't know. I, I think the, a team like the Grizzlies would love that because they're all 20, and they right. would all be playing video games all day, every day.
1: It is interesting that it could potentially, for a young team like that, bring them closer together. Oh, it would be awesome, I think, for
0: 20 or Yeah, 20, 22, yeah.
1: Dude, that'd be amazing. Especially for a young team like the Grizzlies. Um, oh, yeah. Now, before we kind of move on to salary cap stuff, I do think a large part of those estimated test figures that the need for the NBA is probably incoming strippers to the hotels. (laughs) Uh, But no, really, what I really want to say before we move on is (laughs) is a a lot of – old school nba guys like Shaq, uh former players are saying just to scrap it because whoever wins the nba championship this year will have an asterisk by it and it kind of the same thing with the 99 lockout season when the spurs won it you know tim duncan's first one they always say it has an asterisk by it i mean do you buy into something like that
0: No, because I think there's a a decent bonus that comes with uh, winning championships. Um, I think there's a cool trophy. I think there's a really awesome ring that you get. Um, I I think there's a lot of things. And if you want to say, well, your championship had an asterisk, you know, cool. Uh, We all played under the same, you know, circumstance. Everything was, was the same. So, if it's steroids and baseball, and then there's an asterisk, you're like, all right, well, you were kind of cheating because you did something we couldn't do or that we weren't caught uh, doing. And in basketball, realistically, yeah, there might be an asterisk, and might it might be referred to as the pandemic season. But realistically, everybody has the same circumstances. So I don't think there's any team in the West, especially not the East, but any team in the West that's three and a half or more games out of the eighth spot that would – legitimately have a chance to win a playoff uh or to to be win a championship in the playoffs so right. we're talking about the eight teams that are already in the playoffs I, there's probably four that might be able to win a championship so i i don't know why there would be much of an asterisk besides yeah it, it was it was a weird circumstance but yeah we still beat you so you know game yeah,
1: yeah that's like <laughs> i i think it's a dumb sentiment um Right. People who do say that would be old ex NBA players. Old heads. Cuz like who like they don't care. What does it matter to them. They don't want to have to go back and call this game and, you know, oh, yeah. quarantine. They don't want to have to self-isolate like that. So, it's, you know, it's more annoying to them too cuz they have to do all this stuff just to call a game that they're just punching a check for. They don't care. So, I think yeah. that's dumb as an asterisk by it. I think that's stupid. I think it's that will not yeah. be on your hall of fame like if no. lebron wins it this year that's not going to be won't. on his hall of fame inductee list you know right. he won three championships and that asterisk one in 2020 for covid so i yeah. think that's stupid uh, well they
0: won't. they won't win anyway so it won't matter uh, <laughs> but so I, so the reason i always say it's going to be in disney is because uh, charles barkley's already told um, the people uh, i guess turner sports that he cannot go and be sequestered in Las Vegas for that long because he's afraid that he might gamble his, all his money away if he's in <laughs> Vegas for two straight months. <laughs> he go hang out with Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse, but he will not go to Vegas.
1: Oh, it's so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Now, moving into salary cap stuff, a lot of this, this, this section is, I labeled this salary cap speculation because it's truly what it is. Because like we covered just uh. now, we have no idea what it is because the NBA will not make a statement about it. We don't know about the RSNs, the regional sport network stuff, the payouts. Um, the only thing I've seen is that Bobby Marks, you know, the ESPN uh, front office guru guy, he said that projected profit for this year was supposed to be about eight billion dollars. And Ooh. soft estimate right now is that it's gonna be around six billion. So mm. two billion dollar loss, which he said would turn the salary cap in effect if you did dollar for dollar like they do, to be about ninety four to ninety five million for next year. Well, and compare cool. that with this year's this year's cap was a hundred and nine million dollar and a hundred and thirty two million dollar luxury tax. So you're talking about, you know, fifteen, you know, sixteen million dollar potentially drop in a season in a salary cap. So a lot of speculation. The biggest thing that you know, silver has said that it seems pretty concrete is that if there isn't a vaccine, even next year season, they probably wouldn't have fans either. And Mm. then it came out that 40% of the revenue, the NBA gets every year is from fans and, you know, ticket sales and season tickets and merchandise. So that's a huge hit. If this extends another year, uh, Speculating, I mean, what do you think about this? Is there someone that it helps or hurts in this situation, or is this everybody going to be penny pitching?
0: Yeah, so I, th- I think, yes, people will be penny pitching. Um, obviously, you don't hurt um, any of the main superstars uh, because most of them are signed up. Um, I don't, I don't know if there's many, this wasn't going to be a huge free agent year. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think there was any super major free agents. There's always a couple, but it wasn't like a big year where they're all popping off and like everybody's, you know, trying to save money for this year. So for that reason, yes, that's good. So you're not going to be hurting people's salary, What you're realistically, you know, you're going to have to start getting these players on, you know, a million or $2 million contracts. That might have been in the league for a little bit that were expecting to make a decent payday and they're all going to be signing these one-year deals because the salary cap drops so low so you're going to have that happen and i think for some of these major teams such as the lakers uh just for example lakers clippers who have these three man superstars who are holding up a lot of your money if they're on 30 million a piece right so you are looking at ninety million for just those three, right? And the salary cap is going to be what ninety five, potentially ninety
1: eight, whatever, potentially. Yeah,
0: Th- they're going to be ninety percent of the salary cap already. So you are going to have to go over the salary cap. These owners are going to spend a lot more money, and you know, taxes, whatever. So I think what this helps. I think you this helps the young teams that have these lower salaries because these players are you know in their first. Few years and they're on their rookie contracts. I think you have that because you can get better value off these younger players than you can off of these old heads who have three good, you know, players and the rest are just literally a million or two million dollar contracts. That who knows where what you're getting at that point? It's like going to the day old donuts at the the donut (laughs) store. So, yeah, I, I think at this point, I this is. I think this helps out, and this actually could be the best NBA season because I think that those players are going to spread out for a year, if not two years. They're going to spread out some of these lower-budget teams, and I think that's, man, it makes really, really good teams, and everybody's going to be close to the same, minus a few superstars on you know some teams. So um, that, that's that's my point. I'm going to stick with it, and that's my hopes is because I'm a Grizzly fan.
1: Going to, st- I'm going to start with the actual free agent class you're talking about because the top, I would say, seven to ten free agents, quote-unquote, in money mm-hmm. are all player option deals. Uh, and okay. yeah. you know everyone who has a player option is going to take it.
0: 100. 100%. <laughs> going
1: to take it. Like Gordon Hayward, who is top money this summer, has a player wow. option for almost thirty-two million dollars for next season. Like he's he's a third, he's
0: a third of the salary. He's taking it. Like he's taking that.
1: Like Paul Paul Millsap is thirty million. He's unrestricted this summer, so his salary is gonna just it, dramatically. Dude,
0: he's a two he's a two million guy for a year.
1: The next people that have player options highest: Demar Derozan, Otto Porter Jr., Andre Drummond, Anthony Davis. And they're all in the 25 wow. to $27 million range. I mean, poor, wow. poor Hassan Wright, Whiteside is an unrestricted free agent this summer, and he was getting paid 24 So, I mean, Nick, wow. Nicholas Batum is a $24 million option this summer. He's picking that up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a thousand percent. And
1: then you've got people, the next kind of run of the highest, pay, highest paid players that are unrestricted, Marcus Hall. Hits home oh, here, okay. Serge Ibaka, Danilo Gallinari, Jeff Teague, Derek Favors. I mean, Biombo, Evan Turner. So, I think you're going to have a record, 100 percent player option players opting in. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't think there is any doubt about that. And to kind of give you a little insight on the actual salary cap numbers. Um, I think the basement that team, the floor that players had to spend for their salary cap was like 92 to 94 million dollars, and wow. next year potentially, if this does get crushed like they're thinking it might be, that's the that's yeah. the actual cap. <laughs> mm. So this year's most expensive team was the Portland Trailblazers. They paid out 138 million dollars in contracts this year. Now, that number will probably change with all the paybacks and you know percentage of your salaries yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But the team that has the most cap space this summer that is probably the worst time to have cap space is the Atlanta Hawks. They only have about $60 million on the books heading into next summer or heading into this summer <laughs> because wow. they've got Chandler Parsons expiring, All these other people they were paying off, you know, all of them are expiring. You know, Trey Young's still on a cheap deal. So, yeah. My initial thought when I was thinking about this is that super teams trying to rebuild would be really hindered by this with their one year deals that they did. Like, it would be so hard to re sign the same people that they would have to just keep mixing different veterans in on even cheaper contracts if the salary cap hits like this. And I was with you, I thought that young teams with a pretty clean cap sheet were going to be okay, but the more I've thought about it is even if we don't have fans next year, but they still have TV revenue and actual endorsements, yeah. I wouldn't think merchandising would really fall off that much If because everybody would just be ordering online instead of, you know, in games. I right. would assume okay. most of their purchasing is online anyways. Okay. Even with that 40% of, you know, no ticket revenue at all, I could see the cap making a jump again like we did in, like, 2016. Whatever it was, it jumped, like, 20 or $30 million or something like that. And if you remember, okay. that summer, because of that cap jump, that is the only reason why the Warriors were able to sign Kevin Durant. So I've kind of switched gears a little bit in that they have a full season next year and, you know, if they recoup some of this profit loss that they've had, the salary cap will go back up. I'm curious to how much it will actually expand because if it jumps back up another 15 to 20 million dollars, then this has the potential for teams who are already super teams to add another big piece like that in free agency. I mean, that is the summer of Giannis. So if you're getting an even bigger jump back the following year, what's to say the Lakers are pretty set up for a year from now? What's to say that they can't just... Offer Giannis everything he wants in the world, and yeah, he'll play with a you know thirty-six or thirty-seven year old LeBron, but he's also playing with a twenty-eight or twenty-nine year old Anthony Davis. Who right. says that that doesn't happen yeah. again? Because in two thousand seventeen, everybody was upset about KD going for the Warriors. They felt like it was so unbalanced, and it felt like in yeah. the past year or so we were starting to get balance back. Really, this year we started to get balance back with two team super teams, quote unquote, you know, with Kawhi yeah. and Paul George coming together. Right. It seems like this could really push us back again on NBA competitive league balance. And that's what I'm worried about because if this does happen and the revenue jumps up again. Does the NBA just let it jump like it did 2016-17? I think it's that's the year. If I'm wrong it, it's the I'm pretty sure 16-17. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does the NBA just allow yeah. it to jump to the top again or do they phase it in? You know NBA teams, right. especially the big market teams that got the money to burn, they would want it to jump.
0: Yeah. Right. I, but if it right but away. small
1: market teams would want it to gradually increase because they're at a huge disadvantage for if it jumps like that so i've i've kind of switched where i'm kind of on the side now where you think it helps young teams and clean sheets going forward obviously it's nice to have a clean cap sheet anyways you can do a lot of stuff regardless but if there's a huge jump in two years the top market teams are going to have this advantage again to where they're able to absorb bigger contracts into their cap sheet and actually pay for it without hamstringing their future. Yep. They can just keep turning it over That's and right. over.
0: Okay. I got you. So, okay, well, let me let me just talk through this real quick. So you're talking about the 21-22 season, which would be, uh, for example, we're in a season. You're not talking about the next season. You're talking about the season right. after that. So, okay, that's what you're talking would be would a jump would go right. back up.
1: Right, so next season, you know, the season of these, you know, poor Garrett Gordon Hayward, well, not poor Gordon hate, right. well, he's He's got a player option for 32 million. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be months. rich. He's, he's fine. <laughs> uh, the other guys who are unrestricted, like Hassan Whiteside, you know, there's just yeah. no money anymore this year. But the right. next year, if the revenue comes so you're, back, okay. that's the summer right. of Giannis. Then okay. it jumps back uh, another 20 $30 million. I'm afraid the competitive balance flops back to the head big markets see. of the NBA again. Doesn't help, okay. actually I, hurts I, the small market right. teams to be a, to be competitive okay. with salaries. I, I, I could see Where that. then... Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, I could see that because of the free agency right. deal. Um, because obviously the big markets get the free agents uh, and they will have that money. The, the thing about all that is, is... Some of this, you can restructure contracts a certain way if you, if you need to. Uh, but with that, this is all going to be known. That season that that happened, that really wasn't known because they didn't know that they were going to get that you know influx of money so quickly, and it kind of hit. But um, would, would they know, know that?
1: Because they won't know the exact figures. I'm saying if they're going to
0: have an idea, because obviously it has to go back up because the only reason it went down, it wasn't because of something they did. It was a pandemic. Right. So they know that they're going to get the TVs back. They're going to get some fans back at some point. I would imagine in 2021, I'd imagine at some point, even if not, they could, you know, they're going to take a jump. They just don't know how big of a jump. So what that means is they actually know there will be a jump. Now, if it's ten to twenty million, that you know that extra ten might be the difference, uh, but you are always going to have these big market teams getting these players, but I don't think that necessarily hurts, um, and I don't think you are going to have somebody just sign because it's it's not going to be a huge influx of money, I don't think. Okay, um, and so I, I still think you are okay as a young team because you. You have you have for the 2021 season, so for next year, I think that for sure helps the small market teams. I think competitive balance will be the best it's ever been because some of these guys, you might be able to pay a Demar Derozan nine million on a smaller team for a one-year contract, or 12 million for a one-year contract when he normally would be making 20 to 25 because there's no money out there. So, for example, Demar Derozan could go to uh, Atlanta on a one year deal and say, Hey, they can offer me 15 million for this one year when the Lakers and these other teams can only offer me like 4 million, 5 million. So maybe he takes that extra 10 and says, I'll go play in Atlanta for one year and then I'll get my big payday the next day when the salary cap, cap jumps back up. So I do agree that it definitely could help the, the, the big market teams 21, 22, But for sure, the small market teams uh, and the competitive balance overall next season, starting Christmas Day, will be uh, definitely small market uh, big time because of that lower of the salary cap.
1: Yeah, I Demar was one of the ones I thought because after thinking about all this, the Hawks are going to give a couple people just absolutely awful contracts. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) because they have they're like the only ones that have the money to spend. And it might be exactly. one-year contracts like you're talking about. The only problem with DeRozan, he's one of those player option guys. So oh, okay. he, unless he's got some promise from the Hawks that'll pay him more than $27 million for next year, right. he's going to be a Spur. But players like Fred VanVleet, like he, he's yeah. unrestricted free agent. Yeah. Boyan Bogdanovic, yeah. he's unrestricted free agent. I mean... There's players out there that are. Someone's gonna overpay, not much, obviously, but. Yeah. The Hawks are better. the Hawks are the ones kind of wielding the power here, so I'm kind of interested in what the Hawks do. But how how how
0: bad are they gonna be in 2021, 2022? Oh, they're gonna be horrible.
1: <laughs> they're gonna be absolutely horrible. because.
0: If if you go there, you're fine. Maybe taking a 10 to 12 million dollar contract and. That that's okay, because that's probably what you're going to get anyway. But I imagine everybody that signs a, a any kind of a contract next year will be underpaid. Uh, on a, if it was a normal season, I think they're all going to be underpaid. So I don't know anybody that does a long term contract unless right. you're uh whoever that would already you think your market is around twelve and you they they offer you eleven you know million for four years. Then okay, but if not, you're going to play in Atlanta for one year and you're going to have fun, play a game, hope maybe it's a shortened season. I don't know what's going to happen. And then you just kind of move on after that year. So, I, yeah, I think ne- the, the year after that, they, they're just sucking again. Yeah,
1: I, I do think it kind of sets up a potential for next year for a really crazy trade season with all these trading contracts um, to right, shed salary right. and maybe draft picks. Um, yeah. So I think it could get kind of wild. I, I The kind of – the biggest problem I have with all of this is that I just want the draft lottery. <laughs> like, I just <laughs> yeah. want to know who, that. like, just end the games, put them in the playoffs so we can have the actual draft lottery, because I want to talk about draft stuff for, like, the next three months. <laughs> I yeah, want to be able sure. to know the set list of teams. Like, I don't want to have to worry about, well, if they do this play-in, maybe the Grizz uh you know the Celtics are the 10th pick instead of the 16th pick like i don't want to do that like yeah. i just want to know what yeah. the actual list is yeah, give, give me yeah. something to Tell look the- forward to <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. in re- we're going
0: to we're going to try that and we're going to do our best at that but we're going to be wrong <laughs>
1: <laughs> but i i don't know how you want to wrap up with salary cap but i will say that the couple teams that are absolutely hurting next year if it does dip down majorly, um, the uh, luxury tax threshold for this year was $132 million. Obviously, drops if the salary yeah. cap drops. If it didn't drop at all, there's four teams over the $132 million this year. And that's the wow. Warriors, the Nets, the 76ers, and the Celtics.
0: And if it dropped,
1: you would have over half the league in the luxury tax. So it sets up an interesting interesting situation to where you have, like, do the Warriors make a decision on Wiggins? Do they want to pay? I mean, projected next year, they're projected to pay $148 million in payroll salary. And the year yeah. after that, I, they're supposed to pay almost $160 million in payroll salary. The Warriors I, I, absolutely have a decision to make. Yeah, for and sure. And it's, do we just keep riding what we're doing? Or do we move off Wiggins? Well, who's going to take Wiggins? Do we move off Draymond and Wiggins? They have to do yeah. something to clean up their sheet. Definitely the 76ers have to do the same thing. They're in this, like, almost the exact situation as the Warriors, except not even on the same mountain spot that the warriors are <laughs> in trajectory right. i mean they're paying almost yeah. 150 million to five guys like they're five starters god and elton brand's all, he's amazing yeah, he's one of the get best get in next the, the team i will say before we move on in <laughs> 2021 2022 that could be sneaky for Giannis, that i'm just putting it out there now it's my favorite dark horse oh here we go it's the miami heat oh the miami heat have a pretty clean cap sheet coming up the only person they will really owe money to now they'll have to pay um at a bio at some point probably after next season right, right. true. but besides true. that really the only person on their book is jimmy butler <laughs> so yeah. it'll be bam jimmy because drogic's Salaries up this year, so that's another 18 million they're getting heading into next year. Their cap gets cleaner over the next year or two, so I'm interested mm. to if they try to spend that this summer to make us push next year, or if they push off yeah. another year. Sign Bam. Well, go for Giannis. Yeah, go to go for Giannis that summer. Miami Heat are my dark horse. R- I'll say it two years early.
0: I, I don't even know why they would need Giannis. They have Andre Iguodala, <laughs> like. Let's be honest. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> you sir that guy are is, off the pod. Dude,
0: <laughs> yeah. He he is uh just uh automatic negative.
1: Now let's wrap this up. Let's we don't have to spend a long time on this. We spent a lot of time on the free agency and the NBA update, but the actual high school thing with picking the G League route now instead of NCAA, um if yep. you follow the NBA at all, then you've known this for three weeks (laughs) but Jalen Green, who's the number one ranked high school player chose to go with this new g league developmental farm system i don't even know how you describe it but it's a brand new team that they're doing in southern california and he's going to be the head of that and it's basically their own developmental thing and he's going to get paid half a million dollars for it and is going Mm. to get even more because he can actually get endorsement deals and sign those. Um, and also, he apparently gets some sort of stipend if he wants to go to college. The NBA will pay for his college. Um, right, right. A couple other players have joined him since then Isaiah Todd, who is ranked number 14th in this class, Deshaun Nix, who is number 20, and kind of a big one, really. It seems like it's going to be kind of like a big one talked about is Kai Soto, who is number 62 rank in the class but he was international prospect oh. so that was pretty big that they went for international prospects uh the big one that kind of talked about in twitter if you pay attention at all everybody's like oh the ncaa still you know players want to go play the ncaa was uh, greg brown who chose texas over a g-league deal but his G League deal oh. apparently was going to be $300,000, I think, two or $300,000. And you know Texas paid him that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was my kind of thing about it. I was like, okay, yeah, the yeah. kid chose NCAA over G League because yeah. he thought it was awesome. No, Texas got the money. Like, they gave that man a couple hundred grand to go to Texas. Get he out of here. He found that money So Get out of here. Stop that stupid he woke stuff. woke up with it under his pillow. Like Greg Brown. too Like, came. Greg Brown had this moral thing. Like, oh, I've <laughs> always wanted to play college basketball. Like, nah, dude. Like, you got underhand from Texas. Moral Greg Brown. So get out of here. <laughs> uh, the interesting about it to me was I didn't realize Sharif Abdul Rahim was the head of the program. <laughs> really? He is the head hey, of the program. Hey,
0: Vancouver Grizzly.
1: I mean, it's a newly created team, like we said. The only thing that's kind of weird is that they're only going to play approximately 10 to 15 games, which huh? if you follow <laughs> this draft or this draft class at all, we know it's a weak class. Next year's class with yeah. Jalen Green, and all of them, is supposed to be a much stronger, like actually everybody's excited for that one. Like teams are punting off yeah. this draft for next year. And, but like LaMelo Ball top prospect in this draft. I mean, James Wiseman. Yeah. I mean, Lamella only played like 10 games this year in Australia anyways. True. Like R.J. Same. Hampton only played like 10 to 15 games. I mean, the Dan, Dan- yeah, but
0: Danny. They were playing against professionals. Quote,
1: unquote. Right.
0: Right, right. Yeah.
1: So I uh, people have kind of hit that so is already. This, is that how much are we going to really see about that kid? They really feel like people for some reason feel like playing college basketball really helps you. Like, and I think that is fair. I think if you played well in NCAA tournament, you could increase your draft stock. But right. ultimately, I really don't think that matters too much. I yeah. think it is well, a big deal to have a kid in a development program. Coaches are with him every day. I kind of think it's more of if these kids go to this G League program, NBA players might get better at drafting. Because they are with him every day. They're talking to the scouts and the guy, you know, the trainers. They know if the kid's for real or not. You don't get that with college, really. Now, I'm sure there's some coaches who, like, actually tell the truth about kids. But, you know, college coaches are probably going to lie through their teeth about the kid's work ethic and, oh, he's a great kid and blah, blah, blah. Like, these G League guys, like, their whole role is development. So it seems like this could make NBA teams better at acquiring talent, yeah. if this is something that will grow. I mean, what is your first reaction to when you even heard about this news? Were you excited about no, it? So or are you, like, are you an NCAA? Yeah, I am.
0: Yeah, I am because, uh, and, I, and I'll kind of go back to what I really want to talk about, but uh, I think for the NCAA, I think this definitely, I think this helps them. Not and, and I know that might come off as a oh, how in order to help you if you lose some of the best talent. Right. Uh, I think it allows them to take a take a step back, catch their breath, and say, "All right, how are we going to redevelop ourselves?" NCAA stupid, and they will not. But because this is happening, I think this is going to kind of force the kids, just not force the kids, force decent talent that are going to stay for two years and actually. The NCAA, the game, college basketball will benefit because some of these players that probably could go that, you know, will still be a good player, maybe realize, hey, if I come in here and take two years in college basketball, I could actually come out of this and look really, really good. Uh, you're always going to have players that leave college basketball after one year. You're always going to because there's always going to be that, but you're also going to have less. And I think we have less. I think that helps build the program. Because you have a guy such as, for example, uh, I know we hate talking about Duke, but (laughs) uh, Trey Jones. Right. Trey Jones. Um, After his first year, uh, he played really well. He played with Zion uh, and RJ, um, and and he looked good, uh, like his brother did when they won a championship. His brother came out. Well, Trey ended up staying, and did he benefit from it? Yes. He became a better shooter. He kind of learned more guys and became a better basketball player all around, and I think that's going to help him in this draft coming up and in the NBA because when you get to the NBA, you're sitting on the bench as a rookie. You're not playing unless you are a top 5 to 10 pick. Right. So you could, if you're not a top 10 pick and you are potentially could go back to college, then I would I would 100% do that through and through uh, just because I think you could develop your talent instead of sitting on an NBA bench. Um, but with this G League thing I was, I was cool about it I loved it the only thing that I don't like about it is that they're not playing with the other like a normal season like these other G League teams are playing if that was the case if they went and they were going to just be sprinkled in on these G League teams and they did it such as the draft order uh, they could draft uh, any players that are coming into the G League draft and they were just put in there just as like the free agents were then I think this could actually help the G League because um, a, G League, you know, a G League draft that they have, um, these worst teams are going to be able to pick these players, such as Jalen Green would go to, who's the worst team? Um, the Warriors. Let's not say Golden State. <laughs> Just, let's, let's, let's not use them as a weird season. Let's say it's the Atlanta Hawks or the no, 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 Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> yeah, or the Knicks. So they would get to draft Jalen Green to their G League team. Well, who's probably not going to be any good? The Knicks again, so they could already have a year developing them into into their program, and and if they draft him in the real you know NBA draft with the Cleveland Cavaliers, cool. Uh, but if they don't, then it's okay. They don't have to worry about it. Um, you know, somebody else can take them. I don't know. I'm just saying. If they played a real G League season, I think that'd be cool compared to just going and playing this 10 to 15-game season that they'd be playing. Yeah,
1: I think the biggest thing with people who immediately respond to this is that like Jalen Green and these other players aren't going to get the same hype because we aren't going to see them like college basketball players.
0: Oh, that's true. Um,
1: And I think that's why people have the biggest problem with that because they're lazy they would rather, you know, they want to know. They everybody wants to have opinion on a kid that they haven't watched or know at all. Especially at NBA right. stuff. That's why we have all these mock drafts. That's why we're going to do one. <laughs> yep. Because it's fun to talk about. When you don't have the number 1 kid of a 2020 class on your TV every Friday night for you to evaluate against, you know, Jalen Green says he's going to play at Memphis. All right, like just on a side note, if he played in NCAA, like you're not watching him play against Cincinnati. Um, You're not watching him play against, you know, in the NCAA tournament. People don't like that because they don't get to view it. And Mm -hmm. so they can't make their opinions and assumptions about him because they won't be able to see him because he's only going to play 10 games, maybe. And he's going to play in G League stuff. So no one's gonna really gonna run out to go to G League unless they're just crazy. So if for some reason that team comes and plays the hustle here, you better believe I'm gonna we'll be down there. Yeah. But most people aren't gonna want to do that, and that's why I think it's interesting that the NBA is doing that because it seems like they truly want to start developing a kind of European soccer kind of thing with a developmental program. Mm-hmm. Where they can kind of control the product as it gets older, the way European soccer does. Mark Cuban has always been the biggest candidate, like the biggest proponent of this. He has always admired the Euro system. Like Luka Doncic is playing in men's league stuff at 14 or whatever it is. And they just track right. his progress as he grew up. Lo and behold, he's with the Mavericks. So, <laughs> I mean, right. Uh, Sharif Adur-Rahim came out and said that, quote-unquote, we're not looking to take juniors in high school. Big point here at this point. I think that could change if this works out well. If NBA teams are very satisfied with the development of Jalen Green and these other kids, and they actually get picked high, I think this could start an avalanche of high school players doing this route because you're working out. Like, what did James Wiseman do when he left Memphis? All he did was work out. Do you think it would have been beneficial to him? He's not playing very many games. Okay. But he is doing and learning the developmental side of being an NBA basketball player at 17 or 18 instead of 20, Mm -hmm. 19 or 20. So they're actually being tracked by NBA teams. I think this could strengthen the NBA product. I don't. I don't sure. know how long that will take. That will probably be phased in, you know, five to ten years, really, to see an actual outcome of this. But yeah. I'm very interested. I really hope they don't abandon this because I really think we, well, you know, if you're talking about expansion of the NBA, you're going to have to have developmental leagues like this. And yeah. the trade-off to that with the NBA, NCAA, I actually agree with you. It does take the talent away. But I do think that the NCAA product may not be as quote unquote sexy, but NCAA basketball has never really been a sexy product to watch. <laughs> like yeah. it's always all those like I get it. I love March Madness is one of my favorite things, but that's because it's a 68 team elimination style tournament. Like, exactly. It's not
0: the basketball. <laughs> anybody who
1: says they love regular season basketball, uh, college basketball over NBA basketball is just dumb because why would I want yeah. watch want to watch a kid shoot 30% from the free throw line and can't make a 12-foot jumper and I can watch, you know, right. anybody in the NBA, even centers shoot a 30-foot 3 and hit them at 40% clip. Like it's just the product and quality is just so vast to me that you can't even compare them. Yeah. But I do agree that it would make NCAA teams better. And I think Mm -hmm. it would make it more interesting because, of course, since I have time, I did stupid stat (laughs) lookup. So this is just absolutely cherry-picking stats. So I don't know if this will actually be interesting to you or not, (laughs) but I'm just going to throw it out there because I actually did the work on it. So Uh, from... I just did a 10-year span here, okay? Just 10-year window. from are 1990- nerdy on us right now. From 1995 to 2005 was the preps to pros era. Kids straight out of high school would go to NBA.
0: Okay, okay.
1: During that time, high seeds that were higher than a five seed that actually made the Final Four, there was six teams to do it in 10 years. Compared to 2006 to 2016, like just cherry picking 10 years. Yeah. Obviously, one and done is still in effect, but I just did 10 years immediately after in the one and done era. That same criteria, high seeds above five seeds to make the final four, it was 10 of them. Okay. High seeds above... Above five, again, to meet make the Elite Eight in the Preps to Pros era, 23. High seeds in 2006, 2016, the One and Done era, to make the Elite Eight, there was only 16. Hmm. Now, high seeds that were 10 seed or higher to make the Sweet 16 in the Preps to Pros era was 24. And high seeds to make the Sweet 16 in the One and Done era was 25 so i say all that to say my immediate reaction when this came out was like ncaa might be in some trouble here like this might not be a good thing for the nba ncaa i thought that if duke and you know north carolina and you know the bigger name schools if they couldn't get the one and done guys anymore because they're going g league they would cannibalize the D de- you know the mid-major teams right right and so mid-major teams wouldn't be as good anymore but if you look at these samples from preps yeah. to pros M one and done era there's virtually no difference yeah so I, I, that that's when I switched when I saw these results I was like okay maybe this isn't really a big deal <laughs> yeah I, I
0: think what can happen is so you you lower so you uh, obviously there's kind of a a range, so you drop the range down a little bit because the top-tier talent uh, won't be all, you know, they're still going to be, you know, your Dukes, Kentucky's, you know, Kansas, North Carolina, they're all going to get top talent still. That's That's going to continue. That does, it's not going to change. Because but they can pay more. Because uh, everybody likes to go to these places, they don't ever <laughs> pay their players, <laughs> and that these other companies will pay them to go there, you know, uh, whatever. Uh-huh, I don't know. No, but uh, so they – so I I think that the the level drops down. So you don't have your Zion there anymore, but you have uh, somebody like – Cam Reddish? uh, I don't know. Cam Reddish, yeah. And he's the top player in college basketball because he's the top player because uh, the other ones went to the G League. Um, So, yeah, you do drop down a tier. The tier's still good, but what that – could do is create more spots for these other players that maybe were probably good enough to play, but man, they didn't stick it out. They didn't get the opportunity uh, that these uh, mid-level mid-majors can uh, give them now. So I think it stays consistent. I just think that maybe the the level of talent just drops. Takes a small drop, but these players could actually end up developing more because they stay longer. And uh, a top-tier talent such as Cam Reddish stays two years at Duke – and actually becomes like a, a good rotation player in the NBA his first couple of years and then becomes a decent talent going forward. Uh, but the way it's happening now is there's way too many players going one and done. Um, and so I, I hope this helps and I hope kids can benefit off their likeness in NCAA. I hope they get to go train like they would because maybe school isn't for them. Um, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. Uh, school wasn't really for me but I did it because I want to play baseball. Um, and so I think that's the same concept. If there was an opportunity like this for me and I was good enough to be on that talent, I might would have chose the G league uh, for my sport because uh, maybe I just didn't feel school was, you know, that was in school and I just, you know, wasn't the smartest guy. And I just struggled with it. If that, and that, that could be the case because every player is coming from a different background and a different place in their life. So, I hope this helps everybody, and I hope this helps the NCAA because they need help. Um, and I think the tournament's always going to be awesome. Um, so I, I think that this is definitely something that could hurt, help them long term in their development.
1: Either way, we know that there's always going to be a bust story, no matter what. True, <laughs> like always going to happen. Like it's, it's yes. the G League developmental thing is not going to automatically turn bust into there's going to be in them. Boys. Yeah, <laughs> like it's gonna happen. Like that's just yeah. a fact of history. Like it's, it's a fact of life. Like it's going to happen. So
0: hey, but the cool thing is that maybe they only bust in the G League and they're only out three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars compared to forty million in the NBA. And so maybe that actually lowers the bust in the NBA uh, because they that- get to see them suck early
1: that was my <laughs> point with it making the g-league smarter i mean with nba teams yeah. smarter i agree that's all. Awesome, so man. instead of you know being sunk on whoever for four years 10 million and he's an absolute bust like anthony bennett right you know you yeah. make a better decision who's a guy who can actually help you long term i that's the big thing for me about g-league i just think it'll make nba teams smarter yeah so But do you have anything you want to mention before we close? We should probably get out of here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. We've recorded a while today. Uh, No, uh, Even without Cody. Imagine that. I know. know. He's going to hate us. Uh, (laughs) No, but tonight was fun. I enjoyed talking about basketball again. Um, Yes. This has been a crazy, crazy time in our lives. Uh, Something that my daughter refers to as the sickness. Mm. Um, Is she down with it? she she is not down with it she makes me wear my mask at all times (laughs) if i ever go anywhere uh but no it's been a crazy time i think we've all learned from it but also i think it'd be great to get back to talking about sports talking about basketball in general um and tonight's been a blast um i I think this is something that we got to keep adding to it whatever we can find stories we got to find some kind of stories to keep this thing going
1: yeah the next thing obviously we'll talk about next sunday will be the finale of the last dance michael jordan and the bulls documentary so we will be talking about that soon probably next week i don't know if we'll do a couple different ones on them or we'll just do the whole thing in its entirety um cody's gonna have to be on that one because he's been pretty pretty hyped up about it so i've also really enjoyed the last dance so that will be coming up probably next week As I alluded to earlier, with the the draft lottery, we are going to do our own free basketball mock draft, and that is going to be a lot of fun. I don't know when we'll actually release that one. Well, as you say,
0: it's at least a month away.
1: At at least. (laughs) It's at least. So I don't want to do it too early to where, you know— it's sitting there for two months. I've, no, you know, I don't want to do it too early, but I also don't want to wait forever because, like you said, I loved. I was like itching to talk about basketball. I felt like a crackhead. I was like scratching my neck a lot, um, talk like wanting to talk basketball. So, that's if we have to. <laughs> if we, <laughs> yeah, just ignore the spoon, bent spoon that's over here in the corner of the video. Uh, so if we have to do like a couple mock drafts i don't care because i will do them i just i've got to i got to keep talking about basketball i miss it too much but thanks for being on again daniel we'll have cody back next week hopefully you get a surprise in your mail so you don't have that raw butt with them plastic folding chairs (laughs) god i hope
0: so i'm ready (laughs) (laughs)
1: But thanks for tuning in, guys. We will talk to you guys next week. Hope you enjoy the finale episodes of The Last Dance.